Hello, friends. Welcome back to Welcome. another Encounters. It's starting to get a little chilly here in Los Angeles. Oh, lovely. And I get to wear sweaters, which is really nice. I turned on my mm-hmm. space heater for the first time yesterday. Wow. I will say to um, anyone who's rolling their eyes at this Los Angeles SoCal girl complaining about the cold, I'm not complaining. I'm actually very excited. And it's not cold. Yeah. And I totally acknowledge that. But I live in a very old building. So the second it drops below like 65 degrees, it is freezing in here. Like my fingers are ice coming inside. Do not say that. Well, that's why you have a cat. Don't put that on me. (laughs) Now I'm going to wait. What? I was at the gyno the other day for Mm -hmm. my annual appointment and the nurse is doing all her like thing, you know, on the computer. And I go, oh my God, there's a spider on the cabinet in front of your face. And she went, oh, and like. She was inches from it. And she said they were doing construction upstairs. The spiders keep coming down. And I was like, great. That's oh. exactly what I want to hear right before I'm like spread eagle for my pap smear. Like I can't run away if a spider in comes, comes up crawling. Like I'm clamped in. Yes. Anywho. Oh, spiders gosh. are scary. Spiders are terrifying. Scarier yeah. than ghosts. Oh, 100%. I'd take a ghost any day. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. I am Sabrina. Hi. We are on YouTube. If you have not gone over to our YouTube yet, go check it out. You can get an inside mm. look into our wardrobes and our faces. I don't know. Yep, our you can homes. see the three shirts I wear rotating <laughs> uh, and all of Sabrina's wardrobe because she is the fashionista here. It's newly, my friends. Yes, newly subscription. One more thing at the top. Yeah. To add in, we are sending out a holiday card on Patreon. <gasps> yes, we are. It does not matter what tier you're in on Patreon. You can be a Devil's Hour Insomniac, an Ill-Gotten Booty Popper, or an Only Phantoms, but you just have to be a patron by November 30th, and we will be sending them out yeah. personally from us, from mm-hmm. our homes. We'll be sending you sometime in December our holiday card. A holiday so, card. Just wanted you guys all to you know. You know what's amazing is that Nick and I have never done a holiday card, but I'm doing a holiday card with you before Nick and I do one. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I fitting. Like it's fitting. It's, it's fitting. It's very fitting. We shared your wedding date. <laughs> We shared we shared a lot of things. We've shared a lot of things. Holiday card comes first. We share ghost stories with all of you. Mm-hmm. And this is an encounters episode. And I know we took a break last week from like the scary stuff. So I was like, okay, I need to come back to my roots and who I really am my deepest, darkest desires. And I have I picked one spooky one and one more just like fascinating one. Okay. Excellent. I had a feeling you would do this, so I prepped two nice ones <laughs> to give Thank us you a for little being the yin to my yin. Continue, yeah. I was like, some some people need the palate cleanser for a little longer, and I know Sabrina's going to go dark the second she gets the chance. To. <laughs> um, should I start with the dark one and then we'll like transition to yeah, better? Okay, sure. So this is from our listener, Cat. And it's called Cursed Necklace Bruised My Friend. Hello, my spooktacular ghostesses. My name is Kat and I am writing from Southern Ontario. I have been a longtime listener and my friend got me hooked. Pyramid scheme for the win. And I'm sending this story in on behalf of my friend. She is still pretty spooked by it and said I could send it in for her. I'm changing the names of those involved since the one friend doesn't know that this happened. 
Oh. <laughs> what if they listen and then they're going to be like, wait, all of these details sound creepily familiar. Yeah. And that's how they find out. Well, then it was meant to be. So it all started when our friend Amber gave Jenna a necklace she bought while thrifting that she never really wore. It was a pretty gold chain and she has a ton. So she likes to give stuff she doesn't wear to our friend group. We go thrifting quite often. So this was a normal thing for us. But one thing I need to mention is that Amber is pretty gutsy when it comes to thrifting. I will get like sweaters and old fur coats and we've gotten massive old sets of Polly Pockets, the ones with rubber clothes that every girl chewed on. I loved Polly Pockets. I had a limo. (laughs) I had, I remember my, it was one of those, it was like a car that you can compact, but then you could also open it and it turned into a limo and it had like a hot tub in the back. Oh, it's so cool. So cool. But Amber goes beyond and she's bought mirrors, little knickknacks, et cetera, which is a huge no-no from me. Jewelry is among the list of things I'm too nervous to thrift, but it's something that Amber has no issues with. Anyway, Jenna accepted the necklace and everyone went about their day. Well, the next night, Jenna had the necklace in her room and she went to bed. That night, she said she had a dream where she was in her room in bed when a girl entered her room. She got freaked out, so she left and went into her other bedroom, but the girl followed her and got on top of her. She looked at the girl what? and realized it was her. She was seeing herself. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it was as if Jenna was looking into a mirror, except this girl's eyes were black. Jenna freaked out and tried to get away, but the black-eyed girl grabbed her by the ankles and pulled her back onto the bed. Jenna oh looked God. at the black-eyed Jenna again and saw that she was wearing the necklace that Amber had given her. Hell black-eyed no. Jenna kept pulling at dreaming Jenna until she woke up. The next morning, Jenna felt soreness on her legs, and when she looked, she called her boyfriend right away. She had bruises all around her ankles. She then told her boyfriend what happened, and he took the necklace and told her to get in the car. They drove around town, and he told her to throw the necklace into a field, and since then has not had a dream like that. Yeah, a four-year-old's going to find it when they're at the park with their family and bring it home. (laughs) Or the necklace is going to randomly come back to Jenna and be like, what? How did this end up back here? Uh, I'm excitedly typing this out for the first time. I finally have a story worth sharing and writing to you guys. Keep up the amazing job. And if you get a chance to look up some more haunted roads, check out Texas Road in Amherstburg, Ontario. Love y'all. Thanks for keeping me entertained while I have relaxed time at work. I'm an in-home caregiver and even my client gets excited when I turn on an episode. Keep up the creepy work and I'll see you on the other side, Cat. Okay. Yep. This was doppelganger, <laughs> B-E-K, demon Yeah. Crone. Yes. Like, this is so creepy. Ugh. Ugh. Antiques, and they have the man. physical markings as well. Yeah. Yes. That's why, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing to have a dream, but to wake up and have the physical markings from that dream to me is evident that this wasn't necessarily a dream. Maybe it was happening in the right. astral plane, but it impacted jenna's physical body and what is connected to this necklace and did amber ever experience anything with this necklace it sounds like amber is the one who doesn't know that this story happened so amber probably doesn't know that the necklace is somewhere in a field but i am curious right if amber ever experienced anything before gifting this necklace to jenna and perhaps because amber collects so many antiques and objects there was no way of knowing that it was the necklace that caused the experience 
Or maybe she just never wore it, you know? Like, but Jenna didn't wear it sometimes. either. Oh. Only the black-eyed Jenna was wearing it in the dream. Which which maybe this is – okay, because I always say when you, when you buy something, when you get an antique, mm-hmm. you should only get it if you really, really love it so that whatever is attached to it is like, okay, fine, I'll share my prized – jewelry mm-hmm. my one true love my necklace with you because you also love it the way i did yeah what if not jenna who, who who's the other person amber what if amber was somehow called to the necklace because mm. the spirit attached was like yes amber lo- will love this necklace the way that i did in my life but then when amber gave it to jenna jenna didn't have that sort of love and attachment to the necklace and so she was attacked because it was meant so to be so the spirit Amber's. was demonic and was just like i'm going to turn angry and attack jenna no this is evil I guess this is an <laughs> evil entity right something dark yeah. was attached to the ne- necklace Ooh, what if Jenna actually has really good loving spirits around her, a really good energetic space? And so when this necklace came into her home, it was like, I need to act now to try to establish dominance or else I'm going to be, my Mm. flame is going to be extinguished. Exactly. Like I'm thinking about when people collect a lot of antiques and how sometimes they'll react to something else. Yeah. Being brought in. They kind of like have beef with each other. Spiritual mm-hmm. beef. Beeves. Did you know the plural of beef is beeves? Beeves? Yeah. Or beefs? Beeves with a V. In what context would we ever use this? How do you say it in English? So you can't just say like, I had a lot of beef. You have to say, I have a lot of beefs. I ate a lot of beeves. Well, no, because you would oh. say I ate beef. Wait, what? Yeah, but I don't, so I don't know the context. I've, I, I'm a vegetarian. I don't know. I'm never using the word beef or beeves. <laughs> Okay, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I Let me know. Up. I might be speaking wrong. <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise. I don't know English. <laughs> Why don't you write a podcast review about it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Feeling aggressive. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have a nice story. Lovely. Should I start? You know what? I'm going to start with the longer one that I have, and then we'll end on the shorter one. Lovely. Okay. This is titled, Ghost Saved My Family. Oh, so a lighter one. Okay. Ish, 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 ish. Okay. Hey, girls. My name is Hannah. I'm 21 and I'm from South Carolina and I've just started listening to your podcast and I've been binging it for the last few weeks. I figured I would go ahead and send in my own personal story of some sorts that I cannot explain other than it being supernatural. It's a bit of a long one, so please bear with me. I'm Claire Sentient and have always been in tune with these abilities, but they've become stronger in the last few years. And I believe I inherited this from my mom. Oh. She's always had dreams that give some insight to things that have happened, the first time being before her cousins and sister died a few months apart. I've always had things happen, but never quite like this. So in the fall of 2019, sometime around September, my mom had a dream of her sister. And in it, she was awake, but she couldn't move. Like, Sleep paralysis. Hmm. This isn't the first time that this has happened, but this is the first time that there was a warning. Oh. I didn't fully believe in the supernatural to that extent until what happened in the following months. My mom suddenly had the numbers 1111 showing up everywhere. She would have alarms saying that it was that time when it wasn't. She would see it at work 
at home, and more. It got to the point where she had planned for me and my sisters to stay home from school and work on 11-11-19. And when my mom told me all of this, I did start to think that she was crazy at first. Oh, I guess that's smart, right? Like you're like, something's telling me 11-11 is bad. Keep my kids home. I mean, yeah. I I, I imagine it's so interesting because it's like, is it, is it something at that time or is it the date? You don't, the, it's hard to know you don't for know. sure. Yeah. But they're also angel numbers. So. Yeah. But after the dream, I feel like that context probably made it more. True. Right. When my mom told me all this, I did start to think that she was crazy at first. That is, until I started having things happen. It started with hearing my name said a few times when I was at home alone or Mm -hmm. hearing knocking on the door when no one was there. One night, I was sitting in my car parked in the driveway with my sister and my mom got into the back seat. We started talking and then both of us, me and my mom, felt the urge to look up. Between my car and my stepdad's truck was a creature that looked like it was imitating my deceased aunt. Oh, oh, oh. It looked as if it was crouched down on its hands and feet, dragging one leg. It had matted blonde hair, and it hid its face, and it looked like something from a horror movie. Oh, my gosh. We both sat and watched it as it crawled over the wall that lines the driveway. That In is that moment, horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> In that moment, I felt some of the darkest energy I have ever felt. I told my mom that I was leaving, and if she was going to stay, then she needed to get out of my car because my (laughs) fight or flight was kicking in, and I chose to flight. Don't blame She stayed in the car. Yes. She stayed in the car, and so did my sister, and we went to Cookout, a fast food restaurant here in South Carolina, and we tried to reason with what we had just seen. While we were in line, my mom started saying that she wished she could talk to her sister because in her dreams, she could not move, and she couldn't talk to her. My mom then started crying, and I told her to call calm down, mostly because I knew that this thing that we'd seen was not her sister. Mm. I then heard someone say, stop it, and turned, and I looked at her, only to have her look at me like I was crazy. So I ignored it, and I continued to sit there. I heard my mom say that she wanted to go to the house that my aunt passed away in, and once again, I said to just leave it alone. I heard someone say, stop, and then I hear my mom shushing. I turned around and I asked if that was her who said stop. I don't think she heard me, but my sister said that it was. We went back home and I asked her again if it was her and she said no, that it was her shushing, but shushing whoever said stop. Oh, that really freaked me out. But I went to bed and I tried to put it past me. She said the next night she saw it again and in her mind she thought it was still her sister but I knew it was something worse. She talked about bringing in a medium and I told my mom that I didn't think it was a good idea and so I started to research about it. But while staying up and trying to find information, I had the computer pause multiple times by itself while trying to play some Christian music and I saw a flash of light in front of me. I told my mom that it was two different things and that she did not believe me at this time, but that she should now. I do believe that there was a good entity there, but the one that I saw definitely was not. On the actual day of 11-11, November 11th, what my aunt had been warning my mom of in her dreams, there was almost like this divine intervention. My great-grandparents had come to pick up my little sister, who was walking out the front door, and they were parked in the front yard beside the road, and my little brother ran out of the garage whenever he saw them pull up. My little brother was only six, 
And if he would have run out the front door, or if my little sister, 12 at the time, would have walked out two seconds earlier, it would have been catastrophic. Oh my gosh. A car going at least 70 miles per hour drove into the yard two steps from my sister between her and my great-grandparents' car. If it would have been more to the side, it would have hit them. The car somehow made it out of the yard between them and then back into the road before it hit that wall that we had seen the thing climb (gasps) over. Oh, the creepy entity? Yes. Yes. I'm almost picturing it like the aunt was the guardian who was warning them of what was to come. And then they witnessed this thing predetermined, like this horrible It's like the dark stain. Yeah. Like it drags itself over and it like marks the territory where bad things will occur. Oh my God. I do believe my aunt was protecting us that day and prevented my two siblings and my grandparents from being hurt that day. And after that, after that day, bad things did started happening to me. Things like bread and ladles were thrown in my kitchen. My sister saw something run past the bathroom. And the final straw for my mom was when my stepdad woke in the middle of the night to grab a bottle of water from the fridge. And he went back to bed with it and laid down and then heard the bottle cracking. He looked and he saw it crushed in front of him and flung to the other (sighs) side of the room. The next night, we had a family meeting agreeing that we wouldn't talk or think about it. So we wouldn't give this thing energy. We wouldn't give it power. And if we saw anything, as my mom said, to just rebuke it. I, on the other hand, went with moving out for a few weeks until activity calmed down. (laughs) When in doubt, move out. Yep. Yep. (laughs) It was definitely something that I lived by then. I came back two weeks later and I didn't have any other problems. Some other things that have happened to me, specifically with clairsentience, include I've had bad feelings right before one of my grandmothers passed away and another getting COVID and almost passing away two days apart. Oh, I had the feeling to check on my grandmother, and the next day, she did have a stroke. My ex-stepsister had a friend who lived with us due to family issues who was my age, and we were never really close, even living together, but she moved out a little after that. A few months after she moved out, she accidentally overdosed by a Xanax laced with fentanyl. (gasps) Oh, Oh, it's so sad. And unfortunately, so sad. And unfortunately passed away. A few months after this happened, I had a dream where I was in the house that we lived in together, staring out into the front yard, and I felt someone come up behind me, but I couldn't turn to look. She came beside me just to where I could see her, but from the corner of my eye. And all I could think of was that all of the situation was just wrong. I couldn't talk, but was somewhat conscious enough to think about how I'd gone to her funeral and there was no way that this was real. Almost as if she was reading my thoughts. She said, I know this is weird for you and I know I'm not supposed to be here, but I need you to tell them that I'm okay. You said I can tell you anything and that I can trust you and I need you to tell them. Oh. I woke up and I immediately told my dad, who is very much a skeptic, and he told me not to repeat this to anyone and that he was afraid that I would be committed. I haven't told anyone this until now, so I'm finally getting it off my chest. I know I wondered why she had come to me, of all people, but then I remembered that when she lived with us, I had seen her crying one day and told her that even though we didn't know each other very well, that I was there for her. And also, if Hannah is open to the paranormal, if you're a spirit who's trying to get a message across, like I'm sure there's a way of knowing who can who you can communicate with. And so right. she came to Hannah because it was like, you can give this message for me. Exactly. Oh, man. 
And the final experience I have is me having a dream eerily similar to the one that my mom had. And in the dream, my aunt, who died before I was born, was in a glass coffin. My mom told me to go lay beside her, and I told her that that was weird. But she did a mom tone on me, so I listened. I faced away from her, and I felt one of her arms go over mine, almost as if she were holding me. I felt a wave of calm hit me and the thought that everything would be okay. I woke up confused, but I didn't bring it up to my mom. And then a few weeks later, it popped back into my head. And so I called my mom asking if she had any dreams or saw her sister recently. She said no and asked why. And so I told her about the dream and she agreed something was about to happen, but we just didn't know what yet. Hmm. All of the dreams are very vague. So we don't know all of the time who it will affect, which makes me feel awful because I don't know who to warn. That's tough. A few weeks later, my stepdad was hospitalized and almost died a few times. Oh my my mom texted me to tell me that she thinks that that was what this dream was about. He slowly got better, and now he's back to normal. And a few months later, I had a member of my church who was like a, another mom to me suddenly pass away at the young age of 39. Sad. I've never had anyone truly close to me pass and still have a hard time with this today. But I know between her and my aunt that I am safe. Mm. And I'm attaching pictures of my dogs and my cat for you both after the reading. <laughs> Thank you both for giving me a fantastic spooky podcast to listen to. See you on the other side, Hannah. I know you said that this was like a lighter positive story, but it had a lot of darkness to it. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to unpack, but that first experience. Let's let's start with the first one. Yeah. It's definitely, there are two forces working. It sounds like, I also wonder... I wonder if it is just one force and the aunt had to like appear in this darker way to get across the message that something terrible was going to happen. Mm. It is scary, but to right. appear like the aunt and show this terrifying crouched creature dragging its leg over the wall mm-hmm. where had it, it the day of November 11th had something just like one second earlier happened, it could have been that version, the dark stain. Right. Here's another thought. So biblically, mm-hmm. angels appear n- not as beautiful, beautiful beings, yeah. but as really scary looking creatures. So what if this was some sort of like angelic moment that was happening Ugh. with the 1111, mm-hmm. even though they are angel numbers, but like giving the date and tr- attempting to appear like someone that they trusted to give the message, but just like in yeah. its angel form couldn't quite fully... <laughs> B or Get like maybe together. the aunt was like, yeah, like you can borrow my image to go mm-hmm. down and do the warning and I'll keep throwing up the 1111 signs over here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, either way, there were forces warning Hannah and her family, which is mm-hmm. all you can ask for. It sounds like it took a little while. It took a beat. I mean, two weeks for all of the darkness to flush out of that area too because of how much they were experiencing after the crash. Yeah. And Hannah's mom was like, let's all stay home. But the Hannah's younger the sister and brother, yeah, still walked outside to go meet the grandparents' car. Like, it it very well could have been a horrific, horrific accident. That's why it's so scary. And I totally feel Hannah when she was saying that she d- she doesn't know who to warn or what to say or what to do because the messages don't come in as these like fully presented detailed lists. It's just sort of a feeling and a warning. But I, I understand that it, that sucks to experience because 
then it's like, well, you don't know what to do. Like your initial response is, okay, let me keep everybody safe. Let me go somewhere and hide. But what if the process of getting to that place or mm-hmm. or because you chose to stay home is what you're being warned about? Yeah. It's like, how do you choose the right thing? You can't. We you don't can't. know. Oh, and then, yeah, like Hannah was saying, like she gets these dreams, but it's you don't necessarily know who you can tell or warn. And mm-hmm. I imagine that's frustrating. Like if anything, it just prepares you for something negative happening. Also, I have another thought. Because okay. the other warning that Hannah got specifically that wasn't her mom's warning, but her warning from her aunt mm-hmm. was her aunt in a glass coffin, like appearing, I would assume, as deceased and then wrapping her arm around her. That's that's kind of creepy. That's that's a little scary to yes. experience, even in a dream. And so what if a crucial detail that we don't know about the aunt is that the aunt loves all things like creepy, morbid, <laughs> macabre. And just chooses to combine her two loves of protecting her family and just, like, horror. (laughs) And and that's why all – you're getting all the warnings and all the good feelings of protection. But what you're seeing is so scary. Yeah. I don't know. But also it's like how do do we – do spirits have much control over what they look like? I, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many things that are confusing. Confusing. We don't know anything about anything. Okay. I have a story from our listener, Danny. It's called Crime Scenes, Ghosties, Quitting My Job, and Trust in the Universe. Okay. All these things I need to know more about, so I'm glad you're reading this. And Danny sent pronouns she, her, they. Great. Thank you. If Thank you, you, Danny. We really do appreciate when you send them because we don't want to miss say. Mm-hmm. And if you sent us an email in the past, just respond to that email yeah. in the same thread and give us your pronouns if you forgot to. Yeah. Hey, ghoulies. I hope everyone has been good lately. I have no idea what exactly I'm emailing about. I'm just really bored and I have to take my mind off the fact that I'm looking for a more permanent job now. And regardless of everyone telling me people are really needing people willing to work and they're sure I'm going to get something, I can't seem to understand where the heck the phone calls are because it's starting to feel like I'm that one lady who applied to 75 jobs and haven't heard back from any. (laughs) (laughs) Wish me luck. (sighs) Good luck. (laughs) I love that it starts out with, I have no idea what exactly I'm emailing about. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. My magical side has been wavering for a long time now, and I had a job that really sucked the life and soul out of me, so here I am now, I guess. I just found myself in a place I didn't think I'd ever be in again. In fact, I promised myself I wouldn't ever get there again, and yet I found myself in a deep depression as someone I couldn't recognize anymore. But I had a moment when Mm -hmm. I realized, oh shit. I do recognize this girl and I haven't seen you since like 2016 and I promised myself I'd never become you again. So I quit my job without anything lined up, told myself I had the best savings I've had ever and I can't be consumed by my job anymore. I had been ignoring the signs my ancestors and angels had been sending. And my goodness, I don't think I've ever had such a lesson in stubbornness. Who is fitting their Taurus sun sign? Me. But oh my God, this has made me... (laughs) This has made me really feel that scorpion moon. My God. But yeah, I don't know. I've been getting all these signs around me telling me to trust, trust in the universe and don't worry too hard, stay optimistic and positive and you can do anything. And of course, it's easier said than done. But 
I feel like my magical side is suffering and I can't quite get back there for some reason. But something I noticed that isn't suffering is the freak frackalackin ghosts from family cats to blips in the corner of my eyes to freaky dreams and oh my God, was that real or was I dreaming? Jeez, that shit was real, man. And fairies. Also, what the heck? I found so many four-leaf clovers this year and never before have I found one and I have been looking. So things are happening. Okay. Also, please elaborate on the fairies. Yeah. I need to know more. I don't think there's any fairy stuff in this email. So now that I've gone (laughs) gone and done a real good ramble, let me tell you some spooky reasons I left my previous job. I worked in restoration and I was told I was really good at it too. And I felt like I was. I really enjoyed it like a lot. I worked for two different companies in my city over the past year. The first one, I think I would have much preferred to stay there, but in this city, they're smaller, so the frequency of work wasn't there, and I was struggling to swing 10 hours a week. So I cut my losses and moved on to a more popular company. And at first, it was amazing, having full-time consistent hours and the opportunity for overtime, and overtime on weeks you're scheduled for on-call, so I was thrilled. I even found out that I was one of the few who was able to pass the testing for a specific certification in our industry. And I felt like I was on the up and up and wanted to stay there for years. And on top of this wonderfully financially secure cake were the cherries of getting to do something I always wanted to do. Crime scene cleans. Ooh. I was so pumped. Like, what the heck? So off I go. Let's fast forward. I'm not going to give you specific details of everything because of confidentiality and I'm a paranoid weirdo, so I won't get too specific. But um, Danny did then email us at the end saying like, if you two specifically want more, I will send that to you. But for the, I think so for the, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you and I can get a little bit more, but for the purposes of this email, I will read it as Danny sent it. We know how to keep a secret. Yeah, we do. Very pretty little liars. (laughs) Okay, so the first crime scene was great. Super cool to me and even better because the victim lived and was going to make a full recovery. Unfortunately, that was the only one like that and the rest from here on out all ended in death. I did learn that I had a new freaky skill though. Every time I walked into the crime scene, I could tell what happened and where each person was when the event happened. Like I could imagine exactly what what happened the second I walked into the building. I don't know how to explain it, but it was like I was seeing a film or a movie. It's not like I physically saw the people there, but it's like when I see the house, I know it's the right house. Like from down the street, no indications as to how, it's just I knew. And when I walked through the door, again, I would just know without being told anything that I knew what happened. It's weird and I don't know if I explained it right, but I hope that makes sense. I I think it makes sense. It's just like it seems like there was like – which to me thinks that like a lot of places where where crimes happen, it leaves behind a stain. And if you're in tune with that, the paranormal world, that like you could pick up on that. Right. It's downloaded into you. You're reading the energy. Yeah. So the second crime scene was pretty intense. It was also the last one I knew about before I got there. I had not been informed that I was going to be cleaning up a DB, which is a dead body job. The bodies are removed before we arrive. And which I know I said I've always wanted to do this, but I usually would prefer to know that I was going into a job like that. I was under the impression it was a regular procedure to let a worker know beforehand because it's an emotionally taxing situation. And a lot of these workers are not even willing to do jobs like this. So this is where the issues arose with the DB jobs. 
This case, I had a super strong feeling like we were in there with the homeowner who had passed away. It was a very unfortunate and, in my opinion, tragic death. And if I were them, I know I would be confused and wandering around for a while, probably not knowing that, that I was not alive anymore. I had a picture of this person in my head, and later I found pictures in the house, and it was the exact same person I had received in my mind Whoa. to a T. I could also pinpoint exactly where in the room they were when it happened. Moving on to some other cases, I wasn't told that they were a DB until I had already gotten there. All I was told was I had to go do a final clean, which usually entails dusting and organizing with some light washing. But I got there and it was a DB. I got into the third one with a feeling of, oh my gosh, that house is haunted. I was in there and washing and I noticed, hey, there's a lot of fly poop in here, kind of like at a trauma job because you only get fly poop in that amount after someone has passed in the home and had been there for a while before being discovered. Oh, that's so sad. Wow. Yeah. These are all these things that like, we don't know. These are things you don't think of. Yeah. The fly poop being evidence of how long a body has been there been present. I just kept feeling really uncomfortable in the living room and I couldn't shake this extremely strong feeling of sadness and depression while I was there. The second I stepped out of the house, it was like walking through a force field of something because I would feel 100% normal again, not the least bit sad. But when I went back into the house, again, that feeling returned. And I knew exactly how this person went and where in the house it happened. I had asked the lead of the job why we were there, to which they informed me that the owner had died in a very specific manner. And I asked if it happened in the living room and if it was in this place. And I was told I was correct. The next okay, one. Danny is super clear sentient then. Yeah. Yes. Picking up on a lot. Mm-hmm. The next one, when I got there, I was already struggling just from all the previous jobs and my mental health was struggling. And the second I got to this place, I realized I couldn't go in there. I had to go home and I felt like the homeowner was watching us. I could still smell him. And I was just like, I have to leave. There are a ton more stories from being in houses and seeing things and all these crazy things happening. If you want to know more, I'm happy to share that with you, but also understand that you definitely don't have a shortage of spooky stories. This is a long time of typing on my end, so I think I'm going to take some time off of this as well. I hope this was very enjoyable. Also, my cat Luna says, hey girl, hey, keep on keeping on, witches. (laughs) The spook season is upon us. The picture of her, oh, there's a picture of Luna, and that's from Danny. Wow. Danny, I mean, what a wild job. It's such a tough job to have, too. Like, I don't know how many people, I mean, you you have to you have to take on so much emotionally. Yeah. It, I'm, I imagine it was extremely taxing, and I don't, I totally understand why Danny would decide at a certain point that she can no longer do it and have to quit that job, because, I mean, I know that there are people who, you know, are, I, 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 from my personal opinion, I think it's very courageous and brave and takes a lot of strength to be the type of person who is able to enter these spaces and clean them. And I know it's a very important Mm -hmm. job. Like there are a lot of people who go through taxing and terrible crimes and traumatic events and someone else has to come in and restore their home for them because the police don't do that after a crime, you know? No, and very little is done to... From what I've seen from other people who have this job on videos and whatnot describing it, I don't think that there's much done in terms of investigators or or police 
to remove much yeah. aside from just the body. So and they collect that evidence. That yeah, that's different like, yeah, tissue and brain matter and things like that could still be present yes. in the home, which is really disturbing. Very. And so for Danny and anyone else who does this job, like just like, you know, I think regardless of how mentally strong and like the fortitude you have going into it, I'm sure that weighs on you. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, but Danny's connection to, I don't know if it's specifically the spirits or if it's the energy in the space or, yeah. or what have you, but my gosh, that makes it even more difficult to take on that job, to be able to see the entire scene and to see the people and to feel more of an emotional connection because you're yeah. feeling them and you're feeling how they were in their space, either before or after or like during the tragic event. That is so tough. Yeah. And I, you know what? I believe, Danny, you will find another job. And it sounds like your spirit mm-hmm. guides and guardians are telling you to trust in the process and you will be okay. We believe you will be okay. And uh, we do. Maybe you'll find another job that brings you into homes for a less dark reason and you will still pick up mm-hmm. on energies and stories, but hopefully in a more positive way. Yeah. Maybe you'll be a ghost hunter. Oh, I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Hello. Oh, there you are. I think my headphones just disconnected. Oh, okay. I saw your mouth moving and I was like, why can't I hear anything you're saying? Oh, I said Danny could be a ghost hunter. <gasps> yes. Potential. Uh, okay, wait. Side note, quick divergence. Yeah. Have you seen the new season of Unsolved Mysteries? No, I haven't. Specifically the first episode because it's the only one I've watched so far. But this is Danny's stories reminding me of it's it's a horrible case basically where this woman and i can't remember her name or this girl she was like 16 17 years old she was went missing from her house and was found after a train had hit her on the tracks but all of the evidence basically is pointing to her having been killed elsewhere and placed on the tracks to get rid of the evidence and this happened very quickly and people don't know what happened or or how it occurred and it's i mean it's a it's an unsolved mystery and there's a lot that we don't understand one of the things that danny's story reminded me of when talking about the crime scene cleanup is that this this girl's like uncle and cousin and relatives went to the train tracks the following morning before the family the immediate family could get there just to see if there was anything that was left behind because they didn't want her own parents to be scarred at the site and they said there was a lot they were like this girl's family was picking up body parts of hers off of the tracks oh that's so sad it is sad no one should ever have to go through that Oh, that breaks my heart. But this is also a PSA that at the end of that episode, there's a QR code. And if you scan the QR code, you get brought to an article with more information on the case. And if you scroll all the way down, it says case evidence. You can click on the link and it has uh, Dropbox files of a bunch of the investigative documents and autopsy and all of that, all of these reports. Because they're hoping, I think, to use the internet sleuths and the people yeah. who are really good at at piecing things together to look at this and, and try to help solve it. Oh, that's it. so fascinating. I love that. I love that that's a mm-hmm. resource that's a part of the show. Wow. Anyhow, people have to go through really horrible things even after the horrible thing yeah. that happens to them. So, well, bless Danny and people like Danny. Are you going to lift us up with the, with the last story? You know, I hope so. A little <laughs> bit. 
That was the intention, is, but we'll see. This is the intention. Yeah. After my last one where I was like, it's happy. And I'm like, well, is it? Or is it really just <laughs> spirit intervention of sorts? Yeah. Okay. But this one is called My Spirit Guides Pass the Vibe Check. Okay. Sounds positive so far. <laughs> sounds positive. Hey, ladies. As always, love the podcast. You two and your ghost. Can't forget about him. Get me through the long drives and late nights. I wanted to let you guys know about an incredible experience that I just had. But first, some context. I'm not a religious person, nor am I necessarily spiritual. I am, however, very open to the possibility of things such as higher powers or spirit guides. So when things line up as perfectly as they did tonight, I have trouble calling it a coincidence. I was born with a formation of freckles on my left forearm that looks just like the Big Dipper. Wait. I always thought that it was something. I oh, wait, have, you have a Big Dipper. The Big Dipper formation of freckles on my leg, on my left leg. Okay, I, where is this going? Uh, you've told me this, but I I forgot about it until this very second when you okay. just said, wait. Okay. So I was born with a formation of freckles on my left forearm that looks just like the Big Dipper. I always thought it was something cool that made me kind of special. I had never actually seen the Big Dipper in the stars until a very pivotal point in my life. I had a very rough and traumatic childhood that led to a rough and traumatic adolescence, which created a broken 18-year-old who needed to heal but didn't know how or if I even deserved it. I ended up in a residential facility called La Ventana, and that place saved my life. I had the chance to not only process my trauma, but also to learn about how and why I am the way I am. One night, I was sitting out in the garden wondering if I was ever going to be okay, when I went back into the real world, thinking about everything that I had learned and worrying about whether I would actually create a better life for myself. Then I looked up and I saw the Big Dipper, clear as day, right in front of me. I felt so strongly in that moment that I was on the right path. Flash forward to tonight, I was feeling a lot of pent-up emotions and I was just caught up in my head I tried a few strategies to sort myself out, but nothing was working, and I was just sobbing in my bed. Oh. Suddenly, my dog started panting really hard and acting really weird, so I thought, maybe he needs to go potty. I let him outside, and as I was going back to the bed, I got this strong urge to look outside, even though it was freezing out. I went out, and I walked up to the pool, and the water seemed darker than normal, like an inky black, but it was mesmerizing. I sat down and I put my feet into the freezing water, and it took a few seconds before I could even feel the cold sensation. But when it hit, a wave of pent-up emotions came with it. I cried and cried as a bunch of memories came flooding back. As I came back into the present moment, I felt so relieved, like a great weight had lifted off of my chest. I got up and I sat on a poolside chair. I looked up at the sky and I saw a beautiful big moon that was so bright it was hard to look at. And then I shifted my gaze. And what do I see? The Big Dipper right above me, letting me know that I am still on the right path. I felt it at La Ventana and I felt it again then. Listen, I live in LA where it's rare to even see a single star through the pollution of haze. The entire sky was empty except for that one constellation. Oh my gosh. specific importance to me. That's one hell of a coincidence if you ask me. Anyways, thank you for the amazing community y'all have created and for giving me the space to share these moments with people who won't laugh at me. I wish you ladies the best of health in these bizarre times. Lola. Wow. Okay, Lola, I you are absolutely on the right path. And I'm so glad you have this truly like stars to 
the stars align to make you realize that you were on the right path. Mm -hmm. But this also reminds me of when we were in Salem, Corinne, I had, when we had the readings, the woman had told me water takes away negativity to give it to the water. And it sounds like when Lola put her feet in the water, in the pool, it, while it brought up a lot of emotions, she was able to like give it back to the water. Right. And then look up at the sky and have this guidance. It's interesting too to have all of the memories flood back to Lola mm-hmm. while also feeling the relief at the same time. Because I feel like sometimes those memories can be really traumatic and they can be scary. Yeah. And so, but like you said, it was giving it back into the water. And what's also interesting is if I had approached, not in this moment, but if I had approached ordinarily a pool of water that seemed a little too inky black. The last thing I would do is stick my feet in it. That's scary. But Lola was called to it. Yeah, I mean Lola's dog wanting to go outside. I don't I don't necessarily believe that it was to go to the bathroom. It was a hey, maybe there's a spirit guide that the mm-hmm. Lola's dog could see and was calling to the dog to be like, "Hey, let's get Lola outside." Yes. How beautiful though. So beautiful. Through all of the pollution, the reassurance, the big dipper is there. You're on the right path. I'm curious if Lola and I are like sisters, soul sisters in some way, because the... Maybe you're from somewhere in the Big Dipper, right around there. Lola, are you a starseed too? You guys are being called home. Or just a reminder that everything is okay and that even though you're currently living your life as a human and getting to experience all of the emotions, the good and bad that come with being a human, it's a cool experience and you're all all right. Yeah. Everything's gonna be all right. (laughs) oh wow what if we just started singing for like eight minutes straight kumbaya a little bit yeah yeah all the songs i wouldn't put it past us i think maybe that is something we would do (laughs) we should we should make up a song one day and put it out on patreon leia will definitely be featured what if we just drop it you know like in our podcast feed how we can drop like whatever just like a a little tiny it's like it's just special (laughs) Two girls from Ghost Presents. And then it's just. <laughs> oh, God. No context. No just, intro. No it's intro. Just, just music. Just a three just and a half minute strange song. Strange song by you and I. I think it's going to be like a series of songs. It's like an entire album, but dropped on one podcast episode. Honestly, I feel like that would be such a good April Fool's joke. <laughs> right? If anything, it would be a joke on us because we're just embarrassing ourselves. True. I was just going to say everything you put on the internet stays on the internet. So (laughs) we wouldn't get to roll that back. No, thank you. Oh, man. Well, Leia's about to eat my plant, which is rude. So this is a perfect way to say, hey, if you have any paranormal encounters and experiences, please email them to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear anything and everything. Your friends' Mm -hmm. experiences, your family's experiences. I don't know, something that happened to you in a dream, literally anything, email it to us. Email them to us. You can support us in numerous ways. We mentioned a few at the top of the show. We have social media, Patreon, YouTube, rate and review us on iTunes. Do that for all of your friends and family that have podcasts. <laughs> Just do it for your friends and family. Strangers. Just do it for your friends and family. Also, why am I so yellow? I'm like, I feel like every time I go like this, my video changes. Your lighting changes. Anywho, yeah. that's that. We love you. We love you. And we're grateful to Upfire Digital for editing all of our content. And we're grateful for all of you being here. Thank you. And we will see you on the other, other 
side. Bye.